0: Now, Tim, Tim, I just want to point a clarification. We got a boat so we could be
1: at the race, correct? Yes, yes, we did. 101 ESPN was kind enough to buy us a boat. It's old, it's rusty, but we love it.
0: So why am I watching this race on television?
1: Well, you're watching it on television. We are using your F1 TV Pro subscription in the galley of the ship because I tried to take a shortcut.
0: Yeah, you said something about like, oh, we'll get a boat, it'll be fine, we'll take the world's oldest and safest canal. Why are we stuck in this Suez, Tim?
1: I can't speak for why we're stuck here, but we're stuck here. I don't know how it happened, but we're uh, we're stuck. Well,
0: at least we're the only ones put out by this.
1: Yes, it definitely will not hang up 12% of the world's economy. This is the Formation Lab.
0: Welcome one, welcome all to the Formation Lap Podcast, now freshly third in line for the title of the Spin Out Kings. My name's Luke. I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Tim. How you doing, buddy?
1: I am far better than I deserve, sir. Yes, we are some in in line somewhere to be the Spin Out Kings. Personally, uh, I think we are the Spin Out Kings, the kings of spinning our garbage takes. But that's okay. We're here. We're here to talk about the first race of the year, and Luke... I had just an absolute blast this weekend.
0: How could you not have found this race entertaining? It had, (laughs) like, here's the thing, is usually Australia is a little bit of a bummer, and it's also at, like, what, 12 midnight? Um, Here, at least in Central Time USA. This year, the F1 got everything right because they launched Drive to Survive last week. They have a reasonable race time uh, this week for both europe and here in america in central time zone america it was 10 a.m 11 a.m on the east coast 8 a.m on the west coast it, the the, had, the race yeah, was good yeah. uh you yeah. had everything you could have ever looked for in a race including uh petty politics great driving uh unneeded drama
1: it, this was really the ultimate start to a season 10 it really was i i could not agree more i had you know all my chores taken care of in the morning around my house my dog was out everything was good i had a big old breakfast i had a nice cup of coffee to sit down and calmly enjoy uh the the grand prix with all my buddies on text were you know obviously COVID friendly here mm-hmm. on the formation lab yes and and we all it just had a great time watching it. The passing was great. The, the intrigue, the on-track intrigue was great. They were treated to an extra formation lap, which I think Luke and I agree, we're going to treat you to uh, eventually an extra formation lap episode. One of these uh, weeks, sorry, hiccup. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was just an absolutely yeah, honestly, Luke in the last 10 years of being a fan. And I I would go so far as to say that's the best start to an F1 season this century.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, since since two thousand, probably. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it was everything you wanted in a race it was the time was right um it didn't hurt either that i mean for me it personally it's finally starting to hit like 65 70 in the st louis area so like you're up at 10 a.m it's gorgeous out you're watching it then you go out and like mow the grass or something it's just it's a good day for racing so tim uh why don't we break down this weekend as my baseball coach would say from a fundamental standpoint let's do it All right, we're going to start off. uh, Tim, why don't you actually explain to the listeners how we how we go, what the order we go in is?
1: So, um, what we try to do is a reverse Martin Brundle grid walk. We go from the back of the grid to the front, and you qualify for the back of the grid by either a finishing, which is preferred, or b uh DNF crashing something of that nature. Yeah. So everybody knows uh the first uh team we will talk about and it does not matter uh where y- your teammate finished um we will be talking about you. So if uh Valtteri Bottas crashes out in the first lap and Lewis Hamilton wins the race doesn't matter we're going to talk about both of them straight out of the gate. Um so everybody knows who we're going to be talking about sadly. Um, Uh, straight out of the gate because he didn't make it past turn three.
0: (laughs) No, no. In fact, it's time to give out our first award of 2020-21. Ladies and gentlemen. It's time for Connor Daly's Yikes of the Week. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's your Yikes of the Week already. Nikita spin spins it for the fifth time. Five times, Tim, five times this man spun the car and on lap one, he bends it in turn three. Um which by the way, Tim, let's let, before we rag on him, can I just say I had like PTSD flashbacks when I saw Haas go off the uh go off the course from that camera angle?
1: Ooh yeah, uh it was it was the opposite side of that corner um and I did too uh, just seeing the dust, I was like no 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 no. Um, but I, I will say uh, that I've missed this award so much <laughs> uh, during during this pandemic, the, our, our quasi-pandemic cast uh, going from home with Motorsport Month. Um, but I, I'll, I'll say uh, Nikita Mazaspin, as he will forever be known, his name is not Mazapin, it's Mazaspin. Let's all get it right. This guy proved unequivocally beyond a shadow of a doubt this weekend that he does not deserve that seat. All he had to do was keep it on the track. That's it. And he could not in any session manage that. And and we came into this weekend and and indeed this year and knowing that the the, the rear end of the Haas car alters 4% uh under heat, under pressure when it's in race conditions, and you are past the first stint. You have a you might have a good opening stint, but then after the pit stops, that that rear end starts to get heated uh, heated up, and you lose four percent of your performance. So you're just out the back. That didn't happen. Nikita Maz has somehow managed to spin it no matter what condition, <laughs> and um, it was just embarrassing. Now that's not to preclude his his teammate Mick Schumacher, who I will say Luke had an okay. Uh, uh, debut, he kind of tussled with uh, another driver that we'll talk about here shortly. Um, That that driver, I feel I am gutted for. That is going to be my tragedy of the week um, because he does not deserve to be back there, but he did have some tussles. He proved himself capable and he regained his spin during the race when he did spin out after he had been out for a while and the car was hot. So he was falling prey to the natural uh, inclinations of the Haas car. But yeah, Nikita Mattis has been Sweet, Holy Mary, mother of God. What are they doing with that seat?
0: For sure. I, I I think that normally Tim, I like to play devil's advocate. That's part of our dynamic of the show is I play devil's advocate with you. And I would normally say, Hey, uh, Mick Schumacher spun that car as well. And we both know everybody in the world knows that the Haas car was a dog last year. They made no improvements. It's a dog this year. Um, but Nikita Mazepin, like we said, he spun it four times. In, in over the weekend and then a fifth time this crash uh would him and, and i just you can spin it once and it's like hey bro that's a tough car that's fine um sometimes things like that happen during the race but to spin it five times and then can we talk about the briefly about the incident in qualifications that he had um which i think newer f1 fans might not quite get uh so When you are on your outlap in qualifications, the lap where you're kind of warming up the cars, everybody tends to go out right at the same time to time, you know, the last lap right as time expires. Um, There's a gentleman's agreement that when you are on your outlap, you don't pass each other. We're all going to get the lap off at the same time. We're all going to get it in fine. All right. Passing each other just creates unneeded drama. It creates, you know, a little bit of unneeded danger. We're all fine. So what's Nikita Mazepin do? He passes everybody on what I would call the fourth straight in Bahrain, right? The the non-DRS straight. Uh, then immediately throws the DRS up, starts his flying lap, and bends it in T1, which is why you don't do that, because now he prevented everybody else from getting a good lap in, uh, including Sebastian Vettel. So Nikita Mazepin, you know, definitely earned the ire maybe not you know publicly admitting it but they earned the year in the ire of almost the entire rest of the grid including the veterans and then had in just an abysmal outing uh for his fifth crash in the uh fifth spin rather in the weekends that crashed him out Haas uh it, this if Gene Haas wasn't broke already this is what breaks Gene Haas
1: I I okay. Um, I think Gene Haas is out already. I think he's got both feet out the door. I think, what does it take for a proud American like Gene Haas to paint his car the Russian flag? I mean, honestly,
0: that's that's. I I think he's
1: out. I think he's gone. Um, I I pray that you know the that the men and women of uh, of the team uh, are able to you know carry on with the team. But I guess we'll just have to see. Um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, I think Gene Haas is just looking at this like, thank you God I'm out. Hey, this um, is, this is actually,
0: you his... go ahead. I was going to say this actually, um, no, this actually gonna... continues a trend of Haas F1 and season openers. Uh, Tim, I don't have the stat in front of me, but it's gotta be, what, have they ever run a season opener race where both their t- drivers have finished?
1: I don't think they have. I don't believe they have. I don't think they have, um, which is, well, it's absolutely tragic uh, <laughs> it because is. the team is good.
0: Well, but... it has been good. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's the thing about for... hot. yeah, you know, it, they just they keep taking steps backwards. And this was the latest in a continuing series of embarrassments for Team America. So, Tim, how about we move it on over to a, a team that maybe isn't quite as much an embarrassment, um, not quite as funny. Alpine.
1: Alpine. Alpine. Um, yes. Uh, the <laughs> Alpine. Um, Fernando Alonso actually had a fighty start. He was dueling uh, in the mid-pack. Um, Ocon did struggle quite a bit with the car. It wasn't the showing that Ocon wanted. Uh, but Fernando Alonso was the next up, and Fernando Alonso did a, did a solid job of dueling with Vettel, uh, of dueling with uh, Kimi Räikkönen uh, and ultimately uh, also with Carlos Sainz along the way, it was actually kind of cool to see three, two former Ferrari drivers and the current Ferrari driver kind of going at it in that midfield. That was a very fun thing to see. But his race was ended prematurely by brake heating, brought on by a sandwich wrapper.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna have to sit down and break this. Uh, this is a huge news story that just broke today. So we're gonna play we're gonna play the sounder, Tim.
1: It's time for Fernando Watch 2020.
0: That's right, everybody. Fernando Watch 2021 carries on as Fernando Alonso DNFs due to a sandwich wrapper. Tim, it is time to uh, make the important analysis, as only we can do, and speculate that, first off, we have to know it's Fernando Alonso's sandwich. So, Tim, I'm giving you the question right now. What kind of sandwich eliminated Fernando Alonso?
1: Fernando Alonso is a is a man of intense uh, Spanish and Latin pride. Mm-hmm. I think it was a Cubano.
0: Ooh, that's a good choice. The that's-
1: only sandwich that is worthy of Fernando Alonso's first outing. That I mean, that's a mm, muah, so, perfect sandwich. Okay, so Cubano. I am going to go that
0: he has really integrated himself well into the new Alpina team and Alpina. Uh, are really they're supplying him. They want to make him more culturally French. So I'm going to go with you know a a, a sandwich that was on a, a baguette bun. um and he was eating like one of those really long baguette like subs sub sandwiches, as we'd say here in the states. And that is what eliminated Fernando Alonso.
1: So here's the thing. I think we are giving out our first penalty of the year. Uh, and the penalty for ruining a car with such a silly uh, uh, thing is that they have to send us sandwiches. Now we're sorry. Yeah, those are the rules. We did not uh, alter them for uh, the race versus qualifying.
0: Yeah, this is like the swear jar. This is uh, you know, if you if you do something that's just you know unbecoming of yourself, you have to send us stuff. Uh, not the first time that a former Renault team has done that. Looking at you, driving into the woods at Hungary, but. Uh, You know, uh, Alpine Fernando. uh, We expect our sandwiches pretty soon. Uh, I know I like a a BLT. Tim likes you know uh, any kind of Italian kind of meat meat platter kind of sandwich. So uh, we'll expect those. I will actually. I was gonna say we'll expect those Cubano. You'll take the Cubano. Okay. Well. Uh, So yeah, Fernando Alonso DNFs. uh, Esteban Ocon got hit by Seb Vettel. Finished uh, a rather anonymous P thirteen after that. Uh, not the strongest outing for Alpine. I want to say that I feel like Alpine kind of took a lateral step over the off season um, while everybody else either took a step forward or backwards. I I don't feel like this year's Alpine team is going to be anywhere near as strong as last year's Renault team.
1: Um, I don't think so either. I think there's a new uh, management structure in place. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, the, some of the new designs that they've incorporated aren't the greatest, um, so I think they're going to struggle as we move forward, but it's okay. Uh, Fernando Alonso will probably drive it beyond where it should be. Mm-hmm. He did get it into uh, Q3, uh, lest we forget. He did pretty well. Um, Ocon, I believe, is, is getting uh, mugged. I do actually want to park it here, if I may. Okay. Will Buxton in the uh, post qualifying or the, or one of the post practice uh, episodes is talking about a rumor going around the paddock that uh, someone has already laid his towel on Esteban Ocon's seat for next year.
0: Okay, uh, one
1: Pierre Gasly.
0: Okay, so this is an interesting thought. Okay, so. I think for Pierre Gasly, he wants to get out of the Red Bull system as quickly as possible, right? That's probably not a secret at all. However, I consider a step to Alpine, um, maybe not even a step sideways, maybe like a sideways and diagonally back step, right? I don't think Alpine is really the team uh, you'd want to be on, especially if you're on the same team as a Fernando Alonso. I like Alpha AlphaTauri car better this year uh but i get it from Gasly's standpoint you want to be out of the team tim what do you think about that rumor
1: i think it's 100 percent accurate i think that uh pierre gasly desperately wants out of red bull and the program um which is gutting to me because i think alpha tower actually has a chance to contend this year mm-hmm. um um I can talk to you more about it after you see Drive to Survive. You'll see what I mean.
0: Okay, that's um, fair. That's fair. Um, for the record, I, I watched Drive to Survive with my friends. and Last year, I had one friend get into F1 because of it. This year, I have two more friends who are getting into F1 because of it. So I always like to watch it with those people. So I got to work by their schedule because, hey, I'm trying to grow the sport. Sue me, Tim.
1: I, I won't sue you because I'm excited to see what their reactions are. And I've got some friends that I'm peddling it to as well. Because our sport's kinda awesome. It it
0: really is awesome. And I think uh, that is why, by the way, everybody, we don't have a drive to survive uh, review up yet, because Luke's trying to save it. <laughs> so but yeah, it, it's um it, it's but you'll, it's a good way to call you, the sport.
1: Yeah, you'll definitely get get what I mean by uh, Gasly being super miserable. Um, but I think that yeah, he goes to Renault and you know, I know that Esteban is is a French driver, but Pierre's Pierre. Mm-hmm. Um, he is he is very much a French driver. He um, he's, he's I,
0: exceedingly French,
1: exceedingly French, and extraordinarily fast. Yeah, uh, so
0: that'll be an interesting lineup for Alpine because you'll really. I no offense to Ocon, but you'll have two killers in your driver lineup. Um, which is kind of what we're going to talk about with another team moving forward, but not this next team. Tim, I think it's time we translate into uh, one of our winners of the week,
1: Williams. Yes, indeed, Williams.
0: Uh, so George Russell uh, finished uh, P-14, and that was a markedly pacier looking Williams than a couple years ago. And even last year, he's got to be p- pleased with the development uh, possibility of a points f- finish in the future. I think that's a, a marked uh, sign of a P-14, right, is if you're finishing P-14, you might be able to, you know, wrap yourself in there. The only thing to worry about is if, if Gasly finishes and Alonzo finishes, you're looking at a P-16, which is significantly worse, um, but he didn't look all that terrible. I I like Williams' step forward. Uh, They seem to be getting some sponsors. The car actually looks really good under the lights. Um, So Williams, a lot to like this weekend, no, Tim?
1: Tons to like this weekend. Uh, The practices went well. The qualifying went well. Uh, Again, uh, George Russell drove the rivets off the car and took it up into uh, Q2 um Latifi did an admirable job he did retire on lap 51 unfortunately with some problems um but all in all the the Williams looks markedly stronger um I hope this translates into everything next year with the new car design but I think that it was a really good weekend for Williams
0: I would agree but other than that uh not much to say for the Williams I think this next team is a team that we have a lot to say about though uh jumping right on over Tim to Alpha Towery. Uh so Pierre Gasly, who we just talked about, um, he had a great P five quality, right? I mean, like that's that's solid. Um yeah. unfortunately he got into Danny Rick and ultimately retired on lap fifty two. It was a, not a good drive from him. He wasn't uh he he had lost some points by the time he got there. This is a very weak drive from Pierre Gasly. Um and I was quite disappointed in his outing this week. Uh I'm torn. Okay,
1: because it was such a strong weekend, and he got behind the wheel. He drove it all the way to P five. Like I told you, that new Honda uh, engine power unit is strong. Both yes. of the Red Bulls looked good. Uh, both the Alpha Tauri's looked good. Um, Pierre suffered uh, in the start, and then yeah, he he just barely kissed. Uh, Daniel or Daniel Ricardo's McLaren and that wing popped off like Daniel, McCar- Daniel Ricardo's McLaren in Australia a couple years ago it just came off and I I, I was kind of concerned about the structural integrity uh, of the front wing cuz that <laughs> yeah. was not much mm-hmm. um but you know it was it was just gutting to see him languishing at the back and then ultimately retiring on lap 52 that was a big bummer for me I agree it was disappointing I don't think I'm disappointed in him i'm disappointed in the result because okay. i think his work throughout the whole weekend deserved a whole lot more he's a, a he has established himself as a really great driver and he proved that throughout the weekend except for race day i get it nothing else matters but race day but dog on it that was a really great weekend that kind of just uh, went down the toilet It was.
0: uh, So I would agree. Uh, Well, here's the thing, too, is we said Honda looks strong, and his teammate Yuki Tsunoda showed that off, right? Uh, So here's one of our first actually positive stories, is Yuki Tsunoda, just a brilliant rookie outing, Um, and he showed off uh, how strong the Honda unit was, uh, and Pierre Gasly is talented enough to take advantage of that. But Yuki Tsunoda quietly, quickly grabbed two points, finished P9, and really it wasn't spectacular in in the terms of like oh my gosh look at what he's doing like it was with george russell right when george russell hopped into a mercedes this was a quiet oh he's just fast uh he's just fast he holds he, his own he looks like a seasoned veteran in a midfield car already
1: his pass on fernando <laughs> that was that was cold and calculated mm-hmm. that was just boom done it was really great to see. Now I think he has some seasoning beyond his years, and I think that that is for me going to be the great, the most fun lineup to watch this year. Totally
0: uh, um, totally. Even though agree. we're going
1: to talk about my boy here in a little bit.
0: Yeah, total, totally agreed. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda has a bright future. His his P nine finish was good. He put a move on Fernando Alonso, like you said. Um, which, by the way, I, I read the other day when Fernando Alonso made his uh, debut. Shall we say, Tim? You want to take a take a crack at how old Yuki Tsunoda was?
1: Uh, no, I don't know where where this one's going, so I'll let you do it.
0: Six months old. He was six months <laughs> old when Fernando Alonso debuted in F one, and now the two rookies are out here fighting on the track in Bahrain.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that's <laughs> awesome! I did not know that. That's my favorite part of today. Uh, um, I'll say this: I, I thought the the dueling was good. And uh, I, I think big things are in store for Yuki Sonoda. The, the future is very bright. He is a relentlessly hard worker from the sound of it i love that he only gets frustrated for a minute cusses a whole lot and then lets it go and gets better
0: i do i do like um, how it's fun it's funny that like they're like oh finally a good japanese cry, uh, driver the crowds are going to love him uh, you know japanese is such a respectful culture uh, i think i heard a couple times and yuki Tsunoda's out here like yeah i have to learn to not curse as much because i curse like like a sailor had a child with a hockey player <laughs> it's insane yep.
1: Yeah, he cusses a lot. And uh, you know, it makes me blush a little bit. You know how much I curse. Yeah. You and me so, both, bud. <laughs> so uh, but no, I, I'm very, very excited. I was kind of wary coming out of uh preseason testing. You know, the hype was huge. And, you know, I was on the hype train too, and I'm like, God, that would suck so bad if he wasn't, you know that good but hey he scored points he made respectable moves he did not put anyone in danger looking at you Mazaspin, and he just did a damn good job so uh no I'm excited to see what happens for him moving forward
0: uh, yeah, so let's move on to a team that had, from a team that had a good week to a team that had a bad week. I'm also going to apologize for the loud crashing noise in the background there just a second ago. That was my entire uh, keyboard setup here at the 101 Studios uh, falling off of its rack.
1: <laughs> so, and I dropped my phone earlier. That sounded like a yeah, freight train yeah. The we're table. just Sorry we're on that. top
0: of it today. Uh, we're going to move on <laughs> to Aston Martin. Tim Martin, uh, Seb Vettel uh, did not have a good week, and it started a. Very ominous, very ominous kind of tone for the first outing when Nikita Masipin uh, spun, which cost uh, Seb his uh, Q1 time and ultimately got him out in Q1. Then he took a penalty for ignoring yellow flags. Not a good weekend for Seb, not at all.
1: It was... A weekend to forget. So far, it's been a year to forget, which is really distressing. Uh, Yeah, he got caught behind the yellow flags. He abandoned the lap then didn't abandon the lap. So the stewards hit him anyway. It ruined his lap. And, you know, for qualifying, it was just atrocious. Um, He did get into a scuffle with Esteban Ocon, where, you know, he found himself on the wrong line. Credit to Seb, though, he did initially say, oh, it's Ocon's fault. And then he got out of the car in the post-race cool down shook his hand said hey I'm sorry that was me and you know so that was uh, to be commended but yeah that was uh, for Seb it was just an atrocious weekend it wasn't a whole lot better for Lance Stroll Lance Stroll qualified better um, he outperformed his teammate which you know for Stroll hey um, and I think I'm going to start retracting the whole oh he's a gentleman driver you know he doesn't deserve he deserves that seat compared to Maz has been holy guacamole but uh, it wasn't the greatest from him either
0: yeah 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 for sure um wasn't the greatest outing from stroll quietly a p10 uh aston martin does not look as strong as last year and i have a thing to say about that but you are totally correct on lance stroll just retract that uh nicholas latifi retract any statements about him being a uh, gentleman driver both of them are talented enough to be an f1 and uh neither of them seem to have uh nicholas or neither of them seem to have Nikita Mazepin-level problems, and from what I know, Nicholas Latifi doesn't seem to have an ego on him either, so
1: uh, you know what? what? Latifi is actually, yeah, surprisingly humble for a guy Who's, in his position. I mean, I'm used to Stroll Mazepin, yeah. but uh, yeah, Latifi is, is very humble, and uh, down to earth, it seems, in post-race interviews and in uh, all everything I've read about him, he's like, yeah, I got a lot to work on. I know that I, I came here on a blessing, yeah. and I need to work hard. So um, and he's right, uh, he, but he's done pretty well. But, yeah, no, who strolled strolled it admirably for what he was given. Yeah. Um, but he did get, you know, toasted by Yuki Tsunoda in what's arguably an inferior Honda.
0: Uh, so let me talk about the Aston Martin for a second, because we all know that this year's Aston Martin is basically a slightly improved last year's uh, racing point, which, of course, is a wholesale copy of the twenty eighteen Mercedes. Right or twenty nineteen Mercedes, right? Um, so follow me here because what we're looking at this year is actually from the twenty nineteen Mercedes, right? What happened when Mercedes changed that rake angle? And we'll talk about this later. Mercedes seems to have kind of lost, maybe a little step. Other teams are gaining on them. The dominance that they once had isn't quite as dominant. Dominant, right? So a low rake car that they copied uh, the Mercedes. Uh, is struggling and I think that is what we're starting to see with Aston Martin is their car has gone from a low rake design to a high rake design and uh, you can see Otmar Safnauer uh, was apparently running around the pits trying to talk to anybody that like it is unfairly affecting us but uh, I think that is a sign though because I don't think Aston Martin is going to be as strong as we think they are um, especially compared to last year's uh, tracing point uh, and I think that'll be a storyline to watch Tim.
1: I I agree completely. The low rake versus the high rake cars. Uh, Obviously, the Red Bull is benefiting from that. The floorboard uh, alterations and all that stuff. Uh, But Toto was also saying that uh, up and down the pit lane. So um, I guess we're going to find out, uh, you know, kind of what happens. It'll be interesting to watch that space.
0: Will, indeed. So now uh, we're journeying from one of the storylines of the season to uh, I'm going to christen these guys the team that storylines forgot um because i have never seen an intriguing storyline about alfa romeo tim we're in how many years of this and i don't think i've ever like been like "Ooh, i'm excited to see how this alfa romeo story develops
1: yeah no uh but here's the thing they both did admirably this weekend Giovinazzi actually qualified pretty okay um and kimmy Dueled with uh, both Seb and and uh, Fernando Alonso. I thought it was 2010 again. It was and interesting. And all of a, all of a sudden, an Alpha finishes on the lead lap with Ferrari power. Yeah, I was going to say. what? That's the big story here is
0: Alfa Romeo, their biggest story here. Kemi P11, the last driver on the lead lap. They're using a Ferrari engine. That is what we call a moral victory. You didn't get any points,
1: but uh, hey,
0: that's not a bad sign, to be honest, right? Right?
1: no that uh i mean again guys remember this is a long season Uh, a lot of things happen a lot of things can happen and to see alpha doing that well uh with the budget similar to haas i'm impressed
0: one hundred percent uh so we're going to kick it on over to ferrari uh speaking of alpha ferrari here's just straight ferrari carlos Sainz started p8 finished p8 he had a really kind of a slow start could have been better uh but he gained some momentum really uh drove the car downhill in the last parts of the race finished p8 charles leclerc uh started p4 right and he was at one point challenging for p3 in the opening laps um but eventually he, he got jumped by the mclarens he got jumped by quite a few cars finished p6 ferrari have taken a step forward. And I know, Tim, we talked last week about, oh, what's that? Ferrari suddenly good again on the straights? Oh, that that's not a coincidence. Universe is not that lazy. Um, but there's no matter how many steps forward they take at this point, they're still a midfield team.
1: They are still a midfield team. And, yeah, Charles Claire I was excited because, um, you know, in race conditions, yeah, Carlos Sainz has some catching up to do in qualifying and practice conditions, Carlos has taken it to Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles pulled out a great lap to land P4, but all up until that final lap, he looked dogged and, and slow. Uh, you know, Carlos was pipping him all the way through Q1, Q2. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how that evolves. I think as Carlos gets more uh, used to the car and um you know, as as things progress through the season, I think you're going to see a real teammate battle, uh, which Charles is ill prepared for. Um, he is not ready for the heat that Carlos is going to bring him. Um, I do think that it is fishy, as can be, that they have all of a sudden this engine power out of nowhere. I'm not, I'm not going to call it straight up, call him out, but eh, something doesn't smell right. Don't. And it could be just because it's Ferrari, you know, where they've cheated. They got caught. They and they're all it's all hush hush. Oh, you can't call Ferrari out on it. But I have a feeling something is up with that team. Um, I hope it's nothing. I hope they can just race. But, you know, uh previous experience would prove me otherwise. Let's be um, let's be honest, Ferrari. But yeah, no, I thought it was a solid drive.
0: Yeah, let's be honest, yeah. Ferrari fans. It's a Ferrari. Um <laughs> there's they have a history of this. And uh yeah, I, I certainly do hope that there could be a straight up team battle. Um but they don't last year they ran a clean car and they only have so many improvements they could have made between last year and this year and that to find that kind of speed is I'll eh, we'll call it a little sketch So as we move on to the top end of the field before we do that we're going to take a quick break we will be right back on the other side of this break this is the formation lap the formation lap the formation lap. Welcome back to the Formation Lab podcast. Hope you enjoyed the dulcet sounds of my voice on that advertisement. I know Tim certainly did. Tim's a big fan of my voice, and he's also a big fan of McLaren. Tim McLaren. Oh, I am. McLaren this weekend, man. Um, Lots to like.
1: It was good. Lots to like, yeah. Uh, Dan Ricardo is our next one up. He... Had trouble uh, in his stints finding the window, the operating window for the tires. He said that he thought he actually did outperform uh, Lando in the uh, qualifying sessions, which was kind of surprising, but then everything shakes out in the wash and uh, things got really good for him when it turned on uh, in the race for Lando. I mean, Uh, for Daniel Ricardo, he couldn't kind of get the tires operating and he kind of roasted him a little bit. He was a little concerned about that, Um, but he ended up a, uh, in a respectable position um, in P six and then, or no, I'm sorry, P seven. He was 20 seconds behind his teammate who put on an early move. Lando was all over Danny Rick uh, on the first lap, right before the safety car came in. Uh, He had, it was clear. uh, Lando had all the pace uh, in the world. He actually ended up P four, so hats off to Lando, my boy, uh, for turning in a good race. He probably had my favorite radio call uh, of the of the day uh, when he came across the line and they said, uh, you know, hey, that's P4, that's really great. He goes, yeah, it was pretty strong. Those fireworks were for me, right? <laughs> and so it, I thought that was pretty good, showing a good sense of humor. They don't pal around as much. I think that's by Danny Rick's um, uh, desire, but I think in the end they will become better buddies. Um, they, it was a great result for McLaren, uh, right where we thought they should be in P3. I personally, Luke, think they have gapped the midfield. That new Mercedes power unit, the changes that they've done in the offseason, um, I think that they will continue to kind of gap the midfield and get away from Ferrari and pull away with P3.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing is um, if you look at the time that Lando Norris uh, finished behind Valtteri Bottas, Valtteri, he was nine-ish seconds behind Valtteri Bottas, um, which would theoretically put him up with the top two with um, Red Bull and Mercedes. Um, but that that doesn't tell the whole story uh, because Valtteri Bottas, as we'll get to later, Finished funct- 37 seconds behind Lewis Hamilton, but functionally 7 seconds behind Lewis Hamilton uh, due to a, a myriad of things. McLaren, though, they certainly have gapped the midfield. All right, You take Lando Norris and you add, let's see, 13 seconds to get to Ferrari. Um, we're going to disregard Sergio Perez because we'll talk about him later. He had an interesting race, but you can't really look at his finishing position and how he ran uh, into read into the time of that too much but yeah mclaren they've they've it wasn't good enough coming into this year for mclaren to be the best of the rest they have to close the gap to the front end they have there's still a large gap between them and the front end uh but 30 seconds is a lot better than a minute my man and uh there's a solid bit of time between them and the midfield
1: and in the speed traps, they look pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Um, so that means that their chassis looks good. I also think that, you know, and remember Bahrain is, it's a power sensitive circuit. So they, they kept up and, uh, you know, Leclerc, uh, Lando was able to gap Leclerc pretty handily. So, um, I I think I'm excited for the future. I would be
0: as well. If I were McLaren, um, it's interesting uh, to see how Daniel Ricciardo does. Like you said, he finished a whole 20 seconds behind his teammate. But Daniel Ricciardo is a smart driver. He's the kind of guy who will learn to extract the maximum pace out of the McLaren. And it's not really realistic to shove him in, not just a McLaren, but a McLaren that you're still, as a team, figuring out the who's and what's of this whole new Mercedes PU. Um, M- Ricardo seven is below where he should be, but... He can run P five, P four, uh P five or six, uh if you put Lando if you put uh Perez ahead of uh the McLaren's. He can run that and he will uh later in the season. There's a lot of room for growth with the McLaren. You remember um I think it was Lando Norris said it was undrivable at one point or something close to that, uh, following one of the testing set from following one of the practice sessions. So there's a lot to like. Lot to like about McLaren.
1: Yeah, I, I actually that was uh that was Bottas.
0: Yeah, well, it was Botas, but they were also talking about how but, undrivable I think it was Lando that was not slagging the car, but said something along the lines of, of the, the McLaren was very sensitive or they, something they like they that. They had
1: some work to do. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, they all around. I think the the messaging has been very positive from McLaren and from the drivers. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, dan ricardo seemed to only have uh, good things to say so that's awesome i'm thrilled
0: uh the other team i'm thrilled for tim uh speaking of teams that have a, a large amount of growing to do red Bull. the Bulls in red let's start first with checo perez okay let's start with him because there's a why? lot to get into with an extra stop and go for it
1: yeah why does this track hate checo
0: I don't know, but it really Everything does. bad
1: happens to Checo at Bahrain.
0: That's true. Let me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up. Explain because explain to the people. Checo Perez's struggles. So, is he?
1: so last year, right? So last year there were obviously the two races at Bahrain. Uh, one, he was spun in the first corner and set set back to stone dead. Last, had to fight his way back through the field, and then he he did end up winning the race. Another, he had some setbacks and the engine blew up. Um, this year, uh, he is heading to the track and the entire car just cuts out on him, and he doesn't know what the heck to do. And he's actually started on the formation lap. It kicks out. It triggers a second formation lap because he is able to do something with the, uh, uh, the wambles that are on the side. They're starting to push the car. He's able to push it. And all of a sudden it comes back on, comes back to life. He's able to get it back around, get it in the pits. I guess it's got electrical gremlins or something like that. Um, And then he's actually able to take off uh, from the pit lane and turn in Luke a fifth place from stone dead last in a brand new car that he's never raced before. That is a is a solid driver.
0: That really is a a extremely solid drive. And it's no question why the man uh, turned in, you know, uh, a driver of the day. In voting uh, because he truly did deserve it here's the crazy thing is he came back to a p5 but to me uh, there's no question in my mind uh, that he would have uh, passed Valtteri botas if he didn't have the reset that was a 2-3 probable finish for red bull and that is one of the big things about red bull is that performance is indicative and it's not that we not ever question this that red bull is finally tim they are finally operating with two drivers it has to be said, he had a weak qualifying in the second Red Bull seat. Doth seemed to be cursed. Um, but, Tim, if they, if Red Bull and Checo Perez are going to do that kind of performance, if there's not a gremlin, Red Bull are finally out firing on all cylinders again.
1: I'm excited. I don't know. I see You know, Checo is obviously a worthy second seat. Um, I think he takes it to Max at some point. Max obviously is in a league of his own. Uh, put it on pole uh, for his fourth ever um, pole in uh, F1. He then uh, tried to translate that into a win, had some gremlins of his own, but he was actually outdone by the undercut from uh, Mercedes. They had all the power in the world. Honda's made a quantum leap in power. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really excited. I think Red Bull, if there's any year in the modern era that Red Bull has a shot, it's right now.
0: That's the thing because if you like break down Bahrain into their sec- into the sectors, right? Um, sector 1 is a straight hairpin straight basically, right? Uh, and then sector 3 is – what's he? Fast right-hand turn into a straight right-hand turn straight, right? So the only bit of Bahrain that is shall we say squiggly is sector 2. Um, and when I say squiggly, I mean includes a variety of corners, which most F1 circuits do nowadays, right? Like there's the, – you see more of that section, sector uh, with a straight in the middle than you do the first or second sector at Bahrain, representatively, right? You follow me, Tim? Yes. Um, sector 2 at Bahrain is where Red Bull is gaining half a second per lap on Lewis Hamilton and the Mercedes. And that is a huge huge thing because that means that they're faster through the bulk of the rhythm in the corners um where are we going next tim we're going to imola next and that is all that is all rhythm and corners there's not there's nary a straight on that on that course there is one but like it's it's functionally the course that that car is built for
1: it's high speed corners yeah and i'm very excited i'm excited for uh uh, the Dutch Grand Prix as well, Zandvoort. Yeah, um, and um,
0: that is that is a good sign. Good, good sign yeah, for I'd say Red Bull.
1: Max, the, the I would say that uh, it's actually tilting in Max's favor. Lewis is going to have to pull out more wins like that. And here's the thing, Luke. I know we're about to go to Mercedes. Um, but if I can get a win like this from Lewis every weekend, I don't care if he wins every weekend. That's fair. This was awesome.
0: I would agree too because at Lewis's drive this weekend, as we shift over to Mercedes without a clutch, uh, just a brilliant defensive drive. He drove strategically. He did put one foot wrong, and I believe that was into T four, um, where he he not we're, we'll get into the violations, but he actually uh, blew what is he locked up the brakes, and that was when Max was about a second and a half, one point six behind, and that got Max within DRS zone sooner than he should have. Uh, that yeah. was a mistake on Lewis. One of the rare mistakes he makes, really. But you put, you see him put up this defensive drive. You see him do just enough to eke out a win, and you could tell um, that Lewis enjoyed the challenge. When he won, he was so much more animated than get in there, Lewis. Ah, uh, thanks to the thanks to the team, thanks to the fact that he was. Yes, he was fist pumping. Um, Lewis hasn't had somebody fight him in quite a while. And I think Lewis is really jazzed to get somebody fighting him.
1: He's jazzed to get someone fighting him. And he's jazzed that it worked. Like, everything worked. And uh, he got the get-in-there-Lewis call. And it was like, yeah, not bad for an old man, huh? Yeah. And, uh, no, it was really great to see. He was a lot more fired up. They are clearly on the back foot power-wise. They do not have the power that Honda does. Um, and they're not doing great with the chassis either. Um, and uh, I, I was gutted for Botas. Yeah. Um, again, that's another thing you're going to see in Drivers Survive. I have a whole new appreciation and respect for Valtteri. Um, he is an absolutely incredible driver and it crushes me to see him kind of done this way where he had that he did have a very fast start for his first stint or a fast uh pit stop mm-hmm. it was 2.2 2 seconds the second one they dropped the car down without getting the front right off
0: yeah which is and just, they had is, to lift
1: the car back up it was like a 10 second pit it, stop
0: it was a 10 second pit stop and that's one thing is you're gonna look at the finishing and you're gonna, you're gonna look at the finishing order and you go oh Valtteri Botox finished 37 seconds behind Lewis Hamilton um So let's do the math, Tim. Let's crunch the numbers. Let's take seven seconds off of that pit stop, that 10 seconds pit stop, um, and say he would have been a slow three-second pit stop, right? That's still not very quick, but it's a three-second pit stop, okay? Um, So now he finishes 30 seconds behind Lewis Hamilton, and then Valtteri Bottas got the fastest lap, which required him to come in, and I believe the pit delta was 23 to 24 seconds, um, somewhere in there. So he came in to get those fresh tires to do the fast lap, you say he doesn't do that? Where's Botas out now? Man, he's six to seven seconds behind Lewis Hamilton. That's a pretty darn good drive for Valtteri. The team just dropped the ball on him, and then yeah. you know they made it a call for maximum points. I think what this is going to come down to, um, this battle that we're going to see moving forward, isn't so much going to be Lewis and Max, which, it very, which it very much is going to be Lewis and Max, but I think one of the difference makers... Is going to end up being where does Valtteri finish and where does Checo Perez finish? Because if Checo Perez doesn't, you know, blip the steering wheel on the, you know, the steering wheel doesn't, you know, turn off and back on in the, oh, in the formation lap, causing him to do a second one, right? Um, he doesn't start from the pits, and I know that you know Checo didn't exactly qualify great. Uh, he was out in uh, Q two. Yeah, but I I think he finishes ahead of Botas. I really do think he finishes ahead of Botas. and that would mean that uh, Lewis gets you know twenty five points. Uh, and then t- 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 I got to do some mental math here. Lewis gets twenty five points. Verstappen gets eighteen. So there's seven point gap. But then, uh, yeah, it would be three points is all the advantage that Mercedes would have over Red Bull. Um, if if then it's if it's Hamilton for Verstappen. Perez than Botas okay three points per race if that's how it's going to play out is very tight it's going to come up with who can duel Perez versus Botas that's the second thing we didn't get to see this week I think we see in coming weeks and I don't think Valtteri Botas is prepared um, because of the role he's had at Mercedes for so long for a fight with a Sergio Perez
1: I think I agree with you um, because he does not have that killer instinct to go for say George Russell. Yeah. Um, he did not go after him last year. Um, but I also think he's pissed off enough that if a number two driver came straight at him, he'd up his game. Um, he's been enduring, uh, what amounts to a mind ish for, uh, the last few years. Uh Uh-huh. And it, that does something to a top tier athlete. Um, but no, I I agree. It's going to be crazy. The uh, Honda, the and the Red Bull. I mean, Max pulled out a <laughs> nearly four tenths bludgeoning in the qualifying session. Yeah, that was like, huge. That was absolutely, and Lewis's thing is qualifying. Yeah. So holy guacamole, that's intense. Do you think? Do you um, think when
0: Lewis was four tenths behind Max after qualifying, he was like, "Huh? So that's how that feels."
1: Maybe, or he thought. Okay, number eight's not gonna be as easy. That's fair. Um and you know that's I'm I guarantee it. He's looking forward to hang it up. I... Um, it's so much so that uh, there is a rumor going around the paddock uh, Stoked by Zach Brown of McLaren that he believes the two drivers for Mercedes next year will be Max Verstappen and George Russell.
0: Oh, oh. that would be a brutal lineup. brutal lineup.
1: <laughs> Good goodbye to anybody that thinks uh, Mercedes is gonna slow down. It doesn't matter if you give either of those guys subpar uh, product. They're going to put it on the podium.
0: Yeah, that's – I feel bad for George Russell in that situation. You go, oh, finally my shot at Mercedes and your teammate is Max Verstappen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and, and it's Uh, not that I don't –
0: Yeah, I don't think it's – it's not that, like, George couldn't compete with Max. It's that somebody's going to have to be the number two driver there, and what – Yeah. Max is not going to take a number two role. Um, it, I that would just be I can't imagine. So, Tim, as we kind of wrap up today, uh, yes. Final impressions of the Bahrain Grand Prix. Do you want to give it a letter grade?
1: I'm yeah. going to give it an A.
0: An A, not an A plus, just an A. I would I would agree. I would agree. This was a perfect it- season opener.
1: It was a perfect season opener. I it, and I put that with a big caveat because A plus for me is the late season. And it's nothing against the the early part of the season. It kind of sets the stage. It's not unfair in the season. I get it. I don't care. Um, because you know, late in the season when you have um, you know, your Monza's last year, your Brazil's the year before, um, where everybody has slogged through and things that happen that are just miracle type. Um, Drives or Bahrain last year when Checo won his maiden uh, F1 win after so long in the sport. Um, I feel that uh, this was a really respectable way to start the season. It was a front-end duel, and you had mid-pack stuff. You didn't see anything truly remarkable, but it was a good opening.
0: Uh, I would I would agree so I think we're gonna be in for a really good title fight this season uh I think I want to wrap up by calling my shot which I mean I'll reiterate in the month that it takes for the next race at formula one um that uh I think I think Red Bull not just wins the second race I think Red Bull shellacks the second race uh it, they have the car for Bins. They have the car for high speed turns, and that's all Imola is. Uh, I do think we have a great title title fight, Tim. I'm so so very excited for how this season's gonna go. And uh, I don't know. I got my heart's beating a little faster. I, you know, what I'm not gonna say that. We're gonna keep it PG thirteen. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, we're gonna we're, uh, we're gonna keep it. No, PG-13. I will
1: say that um, if they if this sets the table for the rest of the year. I am more than happy to eat whatever sandwich they bring. Um, And I could not be any happier that Formula One is back. I cannot wait for IndyCar to be back.
0: 100%. By the way, Tim, that's a bit of news. You're going to your first Indy 500 this year, are you not?
1: As long as I'm fully vaccinated.
0: Uh, Which you do anticipate being. I just got fully fully vaccinated yesterday, so I feel like trash today. But – blokes if you can get vaccinated go do it and uh on that uh really scorching hot take i think it's time to say adieu welcome one welcome all to the formation lap podcast the airs apparent to the title of the spinala kings my name is temp i'm joined by i I said temp
1: (laughs) that's the outro (laughs)